Hello, and welcome to episode 71 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you're new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in the B2B or B2C, whether you're on the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and we leave you with some actionable items to think about. First off, I'm Sarah, an account manager here at 21 Handshake. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I am a creative manager with a focus on video and photo. Ooh, is that the new title we decided on? Or we're just testing out a few to see what sticks. (laughs) Yeah, I might test out a couple and see what sounds best. All right, well, you know where to connect with us on social media at 21 Handshake. What should Alex's title be? Drop us a note. This could be super fun. So back to the show. If you have followed our last few episodes, you know we are talking about new digital marketing process, our new digital marketing process rather, and we're breaking it into nine action-filled steps. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, go back and listen, but here's a one-minute catch-up. Episode 68, we made the debut of our digital marketing solution, and we gave a very big, broad overview of each step. It's a great episode. Go listen to it if you're looking just for the broad view of what the heck the digital marketing process is. (laughs) The next episode after that, episode 69, for those who are counting, we started to dive deep into each step, the first one being the market research step. Last week, episode 70, we talked about brand story and why a brand even needs a brand story and how to discover what that is. And this week on episode 71, we are talking about the last step in this foundational phase of our nine-step process. So we have the foundational phase, market research, brand story, and now website hub. But first, a brief a bit about what has happened over the last week in digital marketing. And again, I feel like just like the last few weeks, not much is going on. It was like so much was going on <laughs> earlier this year that things now in quarter four are kind of winding down, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But there were a few things. Facebook officially launched its news tab, not to be confused with your news feed. And Ashley, can you explain a little bit more about this? Because I know I was confused when I was looking at this last night. I kept switching back to the article, switching back to my Facebook. And I'm like, where is it? Am I looking in the right place? I don't know if it's a slow rollout because I couldn't find it. Yes. So uh, like you said, they released the new news tab, not to be confused with the news feed. Your news feed is where you're seeing all your friends' updates and photos. Um, the news tab will be a new section um, on your app that um, highlights articles that Facebook thinks you would be interested in. And yes, oh, okay. it is a slow rollout. It is currently only out to a few hundred people um, in the United States and will continue to roll out further. Do you have to apply to be in the news tab? Like you have to be maybe like a CNN or a I New do York be- Post or Washington yeah, Post Yeah, so or I do believe there is a process that they okay. would go through. I know that they said they hired a really strong editorial team to try and make, to weed out all that fake news. They really want to provide valuable content. Um, and Mark Zuckerberg is also saying that this initiative comes as a result of the disruption that Facebook caused news um, and journalism, the business model. So hmm. uh, like referring to like traditional newspapers um, and like in two th- right, 2008 where right. the news industry kind of was um, taking a hit. Um, right. But if you are a news site, 
you are usually already publishing news stories to your page, mm-hmm. which if you like that page, it has the potential to show up in your news feed. Yes. So Meaning, why <laughs> would I go to a whole nother news tab? This is to true. To see it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I do think there are a few holes um, in this model. And you can tell that the, I think Facebook is a little worried about it, too, because they're incentivizing um, news outlets and publishers saying that they will pay them. Okay. I, I strongly suspect that this is probably largely related to the to all the heat that Facebook has gotten, especially mm-hmm. with like the 2020 political cycle coming up. Yes. Um, and I know that Zuckerberg was in front of Congress last week, I think, and he got... He got pretty roasted or he gave some he gave some answers that were very unspecific or just things that it seemed like he should have been able to answer a little bit mm-hmm. better. And just with all of like the, the you know, the the fake news. And so I guess having all the news in one place might make it easier to like weed out the bad stuff. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's strongly fun. related to the to the whole political all those issues that that Facebook has had. So there you have it. Mark Zuckerberg goes to Congress. He gets some heat. All of a sudden, he's like, go, go, go. Get that news <laughs> yeah. tab, not news feed, right. published. And hit go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, for those who like their news, look for that to come to your Facebook soon. All right, Alex, another little small story here. And... You know, just for those who love Instagram, like we do around this table, <laughs> Instagram changed its type mode to create mode. So what's cool about that? So um, I was trying to make sure that I totally understood this because they only posted some pictures um, of an example. Like they didn't post like a, an example video or a GIF. Okay. Um, so as I understand, like when you take a, a video on, on for your Instagram story, you have to go into that, you have to press the little T button at the top to like type in something or yes. like then you go to that menu and you can find a GIF or you can add a poll and things like that. All those buttons are now going to be more easily accessible on the actual video record page. Um, so, you know, like when you are scrolling through filters on Instagram mm-hmm. um, in the video section, like those, it will, the features will pop up that way at the bottom along the, along the oh, bottom there. Okay. So when you're on the in actual video page, the, what, but when you're in the type mode or the create mode, right? Cause yeah. that's in the stories. Oh, I, I see. I'm okay. With it right now. <laughs> yeah. Because before you would always have to hit like next or, you know, something like that. And it was right. kind of, it's kind of bulky. I, it, more just it almost feels more like a refresh for like the sake of having a refresh although i don't i don't deal with stories a ton and have to add like all this Mm -hmm. for people who use stories all the time right um this will probably make it a little bit um more fluid right yeah and so there you go if you use stories a lot use that and I would even go as far to say use stories just almost exclusively now because yeah. your feed gets no engagement. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, moving on to website, off of social media, our last story today that I came across, and this is just because I was purposely looking for something to tie into our topic today, but it was a very cool article from smashingmagazine.com, which is all just about website design, website anything. And it all was talking about how to use story on your website. So using story principles to anticipate your user experience specifically on your website. And I thought this was so good. I mean, we just talked about Instagram stories here. Everything is about stories these days. And that makes sense because stories have been around for thousands of years. I mean, 
people sat on porches and listened mm-hmm. to stories that grandpa told. Then it moved to listening to stories on the radio and then TV and now via social media and on our website. So Alex and Ashley, do you guys love a good story? Do you have any favorites that you can recall? Either from now or growing <laughs> up? I can't I can't think of a, a super specific example, but I have actually recently been rewatching all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, okay, oh gosh, very cool. That. My son and, would be so proud of you. He'd be like, <laughs> oh, Harry Potter. I did read them all when I was younger, but I am just so fascinated by the level of complexity mm-hmm. and intricacy of that whole world. Yeah. You know, kind of yeah. like the the what I guess I would call the basics so like witchcraft and wizardry like those JK Rowling did not invent those things but the mm-hmm. way that she ties everything together and all of the characters seem to be connected in some way via their past or something is is absolutely incredible it does it, I've never been able to really like pick any or like poke any holes in it yeah. yeah um and actually even if you go on like the Harry Potter Wikipedia it's like a Harry Potter wiki or something okay. like that. There's even more descriptions to everyone's like backstory and how they're related to other characters or how they wow. inter- like cross paths with other people. And it's like, that is fascinating. It is mind blowing <laughs> how, how much detail there is in, in, in that whole series. Not only story development there, but character development, which oh, easily absolutely. can align with marketing and mm-hmm. character development of your target audience. Yeah. But she did just such a good job. You just have to wonder authors like that. Do they just have like this big board in their house just to keep it aligned because I know when I've read books sometimes or even watch TV shows I'm like I need to sit down and write these relationships out because I'm getting confused actually I love when a complex story like that Mm -hmm. has like a diagram at the beginning of the book like of how everybody's (laughs) related because I will go back and reference that and be like okay what family were they part of How are they related? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a good visual for me, like a, yeah. you know, almost ancestry tree. And what's even more stunning to me about that series is that she didn't have all seven books written no, when they were right? released. They were, she would write one, it would get released. And then, and then you have the, you know, when that, that, that series reached like critical mass really mm-hmm. fast yeah. and people have super high expectations and for her to knock it out of the park every single time for seven it's books in a row. True yeah. talent. Is incredible. <laughs> I, right. I just don't know like example, what other actually. adjectives to use to describe yeah. how I feel yeah. about that yeah. series. So actually, we were chatting a bit before because yes. you were like, I don't know any stories. I'm like, come <laughs> on, stories are all around us. And you had a great example. Yeah. So um, I was recently reading a book that I read as a kid to my um, niece. Um, and I, I'm blanking on the name of the actual like series, but it's if you give a moose a muffin or if you yeah, give a mouse a cookie, uh, I, I don't actual remember. title to the series, um, but super cute. But they're like the best storybooks for children. And we were talking about how like the best plot lines are the ones that um, like come back. They, right. they come full circle. Um, those are great examples and so fun to read to the little kids. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't read those books and you have kids or you know kids, go out and buy one as a gift or something because they are super cute. And it always starts off the kid and this animal character. They have some <laughs> type of incidents of eating pancakes or something of the sort. Yeah. And this leads into a whole series of events Mm -hmm. because they ate pancakes and now they need to wash up and then the mouse wants to do something else and it all ties together. But in the end, it It always comes comes back to the initial incident of, you know, in this Mm -hmm. case, maybe pancakes or something. Yeah. Um, And then it's like, oh, it's all starting over again, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just super cute. (laughs) Um, So go read it. But anyways. 
So back to this article that I read on Smashing at magazine.com and stories. The author makes a great point that at its core, every story is about heroes who have a problem and what they then do to solve it. So let's put this in relation to our website. Websites, visitors to a website, while the user is the hero, they're coming to your site because they have a problem and they need to buy a a gadget, a widget, they need to hire an agency, they need to buy a product, they need to find video games, whatever it is. Your site can solve that problem and thus play an important role in the user's story. So I was just blown away by that. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is so true. So when we start to look at website content, whether it's visual or whether it's text, This can help us go from, I don't know what we should talk about, to, yes, if we say this, if we show this, if we explain this, it will help our user go from searcher to, I'm a problem solver and Mm -hmm. I've solved my problem. So I just, I loved that article. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, But also the article had... Great points of three classic story examples that you could use on your website. And I might pronounce this first one wrong. It was Dos Ex Machina, which is an expected power or vent saving a seamlessly hopeless situation. So that's an example of a story. There's ensemble stories. This is a great story to tell if your brand has multiple people just trying to reach. So say you want to reach the VP, but you also want to reach the manager you know, kind of tying that all together. And then the last story example was a consistent story. It hooks the audience with the consistent message that aligns with what you want them to redo or buy. So anyways, it's a great article. If you want your users to leave your website happily ever after, definitely go check it out and apply those principles. So let's move into our website hub, guys, because this is the last piece of the foundation in our nine-step digital marketing solution. We're going to talk about how you can use stories on it, but first we're going to, Ashley, talk about why we put this as a third step in our foundation piece of the nine-step process. Yeah. So like we actually were talking about earlier in terms of stories and tying everything together, um, the foundational phase, each step ties together in one way or another. So um, step one with market research, it's really identifying who our ideal buyer is, what they value, what problems can we solve for them, um, how to talk to them, and then what opportunities are out there for our business, Um, which then ties into brand story, taking um, those fears um, and solutions for that audience and um, creating messaging around it for the brand story um, and really telling your brand story directly to that audience. Does that make sense? Um, And so now we would move into um, website hub. And so all those pieces kind of tie in together because you want your website hub to one, speak to your ideal buyer and two, tell the story of your brand um, among other things. But we we truly believe that the website is a foundation for all of your other mar- digital marketing efforts. Um, and so that is why it's included in our foundational phase. So not to play devil's advocate here, but I built my site a couple years ago and it's fine. It's getting traffic. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> 
Why are you recommending that I refresh or redevelop it? Seems kind of like, I don't know, pricey and just unneeded because I, it's already built. It's there. I think it's a fair question. But if you listen to this podcast, you would know that Google standards change like weekly. Um, the Google platform is updating. Website standards are updating. Um, users' behaviors are changing. And if you don't adapt your website to follow that, you will lose traction. Um, you will lose perspe- prospective customers. Um, and, you know, you're, you're not putting your, your best foot forward. So uh, we often like recommend to our clients updating even minimal changes to your website pretty regularly um, to make sure that you're meeting those standards. Uh, so, one, so one example or one tactic we use is a, a front end audit that goes through your website and looks at it um, from your architecture, making sure that your website is purely functional um, to navigation? Is it user-friendly? Can I find the answers I'm looking for? Um, going through the layout and design, is it fresh? Um, is it competitive? Um, does your website look more outdated than maybe your competition? And is that a reason you you would lose customers? Um, making sure the right content is there and that it's easy to read. Right, and I think that goes back to the story. Exactly. And, you know, applying that brand story then to your website. Exactly. Being the hero in that uh, user's <laughs> journey. <laughs> yep, and a few other things among, you know, making sure that it's mobile friendly um, and that it's it's hitting all the right marks that maybe Google is looking for or that your users are looking for. Yeah, I think a lot of time people hit push on that website and launch it and mm-hmm. then yay, it's there, it's checked off my list, I don't ever have to worry about it again. When in reality, it's like a house, you know, and you always got to be fixing something, um, touching up something, cleaning up something. (laughs) You know, it's very similar to that, you know, analogy there that it's just not a build it and people will come or build it and it'll be there forever. Things can go wrong all the Mm -hmm. time. And if you're not diligently looking at those things, someone could come to your site and then immediately leave because they can't find what they're looking for. Something's broken. It loads slow or something, any of those things. Yeah. Very cool. So in the website hub stage, we do an audit like Ashley just said. And then we would recommend a website refresh or redevelopment. And Alex, can you explain the difference between those two? Yeah, so a refresh versus uh, redevelopment. That's, I mean, it, it's, it kind of is what it sounds like. So in a refresh, you maybe you need to like change your, like you got a new logo or you, you updated your brand a little bit. Maybe you had some new additions to your business or products that you need to add to the website. Um, maybe do a little bit of search engine optimization, like a little tweaking there. Um, maybe you need a full redesign. Maybe the website is like completely stagnant and like you've, you just haven't had good results with it. Um, it needs a complete rebuild. Um, maybe you've done an entire rebrand of your business and like all the colors and fonts and everything needs to change on your website. Um, or you could just be using outdated technology on your website, stuff that's old and doesn't get a lot of support anymore, or it doesn't, or it's not super fluid with today's Google standards, like you guys mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the the most important things too, is just making sure that your brand story is really like, like resonates through in your website. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, we call these things the foundation. Um, but like you just said with website, Sarah, like 
things change all the time and maybe your brand story has has changed a little bit as well and you just want to make sure that that experience is consistent across all your platforms and most importantly on the website yeah and you know like you just said things change all the time and so to kind of recap here what we've been saying seven just quick reasons why it's important to touch up this website and why you need to update it to keep it relevant and why we've included it in the foundational step. And you guys chime in on Mm -hmm. these seven quick reasons here. So we've talked about the website audit. We've talked about what the difference between a redesign and a refresh is. Here is just the hard hitting truth of reasons you need to update your website. And thank you to Harness Media, whoever you are. You had a great list. I didn't have to go out and search for this, but I loved what they put here because it's so true. So first one being visual appeal. So like you were just talking about, Alex, if your site looks outdated or if it's structured poorly when the user comes to it, people are subconsciously going to think that your business is outdated and structured poorly as well. I feel, like, I feel like this is one that people underestimate. It's like, oh, people don't care, you know, that my website isn't pretty as long as it's functional. And um, people are more vain than that. <laughs> yeah, I think there just might be a small percentage of the population who may think that. And at the same time, they're still thinking like, wow, that website sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they might be like, OK, but I really need maybe you're manufacturing and you're the only person that makes this widget or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be a single scenario there. But for most of us, and especially, I think, as those um, generations are growing up that have had websites at their fingertips consistently throughout their life, it's huge. It's a huge deal to them. Mm -hmm. And I want to add something here, too. When we're talking about the visual appeal of a website, it doesn't mean that it needs to be super complex. Like, I think that visually appealing to me can even mean like, even more on the simple side than the complex. It's more difficult to make something very simple than it is to overcomplexify something with a website. Well, right, and that's kind of standards for design right now is kind of simplicity. Yeah, absolutely. So visual appeal would be one reason. The second reason would be security. This is huge right now and always, (laughs) not just right now. To protect you, your website, and your email even from being hacked, one of the most important things you can do is make sure your website software stays up to date. So whatever content management system you're using, um, we like to use WordPress around here, but even if you're using something else, Drupal, Joomla, whatever, or even had a custom-built website, especially I would say if you had it custom built, you need to make sure that the software is being kept up to date. So in the case of WordPress, which we use a lot, the plugins need to be updated. They are pushing through the WordPress updates, the plugin updates, because there is a loophole in the security and they want to keep you from being hacked. You have to update it to be secure. (laughs) And this topic of security has come up so many times, I think, throughout the year, especially on this podcast, um, which is obviously not something that we do, but as a focus on digital marketing um, in general, especially if you've even paid attention to the news or our Facebook story earlier, security has never been more important and is probably one of the biggest reasons why you should be regularly updating your website. Yeah, totally. I mean, Google's mandating it too, security reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, Your site needs to be HTTPS. That means it is secure. Um, They will give warnings to people 
when they come to your site and it's not that. And they'll bounce. I I was just going to say, I was on a website recently that that has, it's known to have like fairly large traffic and they didn't have the HTTPS and Google just gave the warning like this site is not safe, like go back to the previous page. And it wouldn't even give me an option to get into the site. Yeah. Yeah. Eek. All right. So we have visual appeal, security, third reason, content. This is huge. We talked about it in episode. I have to remind myself here. Well, an episode a while back. Yes. We (laughs) talked about content and how you should have a content forward site. But you only have two to four seconds to engage your visitors and convert them into customers or further browsers browsers on your website. So it isn't just about wowing them with graphics. You need to catch their attention with the text as well. And we've even participated in this exercise recently as a team looking at our own website using the what are three phrases that we can say right away that's going to stop someone in their tracks when they come to our website. Definitely, you only have a small time period to get someone on your site, keep them there. And the, So important. The idea there being that you have such a small amount of time to just catch their interest. You don't have to explain the entirety of what your business does in the entire offering. You're just getting them to just be like, okay, I'm intrigued. Let me learn a little bit more. Let me poke a little bit, like dig a little bit deeper on this. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of that someone probably landed on your website, especially if they're coming from Google search is because they were intently looking for something. Right. So you need to meet that intent and let them know, upfront who you are because otherwise I'm, like, I, I'm not sure like I thought the site had this widget that I wanted to buy but I I don't know where to go they're not talking about it so just make sure that that content really catches them and really fast right when they land on your site so we have visual appeal uh, content security our fourth one would be effectiveness I can't tell you how many businesses or brands I have worked with when I'm like, do you have Google Analytics? <laughs> Crickets. Like, literally, I'm like, yeah. like, how do you know how people are using your site? How do you know how many people are coming to your site and where yeah. they're coming from? Data is so important. And it just blows my mind that people forget this huge free, can I put a free resource from Google that will analyze your traffic so you can see what visitors are clicking on, what pages they visited. It may be different than what you think. Mm -hmm. So, so important to implement Google Analytics on your website. Just do it. And I'll say it again. We've talked about, mm-hmm. we have an entire podcast episode talking about Google Analytics. So go back and find that too. If, if you if you think it's overwhelming. Yeah, really. It doesn't have to be that overwhelming. At least just find out how people are using your website. <laughs> so we have security. We have um, visual appeal. We have content. We have implementing Google Analytics on your site. Fifth reason to update your website is SEO. And that can cover a lot of things. And we do actually hit that more in one of our later stages in our nine step process. But just a brief overview, um, you want to update not only maybe the front end, the keyword, the topic clusters, 
all of those SEO that people see on the front end that Google also reads, but you also want to update the underlying code that's associated with any of that in your design. So there's like two parts to SEO. There's that, you know, optimizing all the tech issues, and then there's optimizing all the front kind of visual content items. And both of those are very important and can play a key role in developing or rebuilding your new site. But also I think having good SEO could change your business. You could gain so many new um, clients or customers just from simply being um, ranked on the first page. Yeah, it could be as simple as implementing Yoast SEO and just double checking that your content, okay, it has a couple headers, it has enough words, it you know, contains my main keyword that I wanted to go after. You know, it can be as simple as that. There's so many tools these these days to implement SEO um, easily without getting too technical as well. Mm -hmm. Usually your web developer will know all the backend stuff. So that's not something that you really have to keep an eye on if you're like, I heard that you have to have the technical stuff in order. (laughs) Any web developer who is worth their snuff in hiring knows that stuff. So let them worry about that stuff. So our next one is usability. Again, this is huge. And I can't tell you again how many brands and businesses we work with. You go to their site on mobile and it's just not mobile friendly. You have to zoom in, zoom out with your fingers. And let me tell you, that's going to lead people to bounce very quickly because everyone's on their phone these days looking for stuff. And if your site's not mobile friendly, if your menu is not mobile friendly, it's going to be a bounce. Mm -hmm. All right. So to recap real quick, we have visual appeal, security content, Google Analytics, SEO, usability. And our last reason to update your website is load times. (laughs) Speed, okay, right? Speed no one wants us to go to a website and you're sitting there. And I think the general rule of thumb is the older the website, um, the slower it is. You know? Well, because it's not updated. It's exactly. not updated with those practices that have streamlined it to make it go faster. Exactly. It's probably, its images probably aren't optimized, mm-hmm. um, which is huge in today's, um, you know, I think. In terms of website, speed, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't have those large images that are loading really slow. Um, Google even has a tool that will test your speed and give you tips on how to improve it. Again, they make it super simple if you just go use (laughs) the items they have at your disposal. So load times, also very important. Um, No one wants to go to a website and just sit there and wait for it to load. I will say they will bounce right away. So there you have it. Seven reasons why you should update your website. Visual appeal, security, content, effectiveness, being Google Analytics on your site so you can analyze data, SEO, both front-end and back-end, mobile-first usability, and load times. So guys, I didn't think actually when we started this episode or when I went to go write notes for it, I was like, ah, we've covered websites in a couple different episodes Mm -hmm. but I started to write it out and I was like oh my gosh I have so much to talk about websites (laughs) (laughs) because really I I love a really well done website it is your online real estate and I don't think you're the only one who loves a well done website Mm -hmm. (laughs) no I think everyone does so everyone's on their phone these days everyone's searching everyone's on the internet 
Um, maybe not your 90 year old grandma, but <laughs> maybe she is. But <laughs> anyways, you got to keep it up to date. And like I mentioned earlier, kind of that house analogy here. Really, your website is your digital real estate, just like you may have a physical building that your business is in. And I'm pretty sure most business owners probably care about that building. They <laughs> upkeep it. They clean it. Make sure the lights are on. Make sure the lights work. Make sure the plumbing works. All that stuff. Your website needs to have that same attention put to it. You just can't launch it and think, well, I built it. There it goes. Something's going to break on it. Something might get hacked on it. Something's not going to be mobile friendly. Something's going to all of a sudden go bonkers and not work. (laughs) You need to be keeping an eye on it. It's important to keep that website refreshed and ready for people to go in and find the products they need, our services from your company. So anything else, guys, to chime in? I don't think so. All right. Yeah. We will link all of these resources in the show notes, including past episodes we've mentioned. But really, we want to know when was the last time you looked at your website? Not ever. Not ever since you launched it a year ago, five years ago. Perhaps you're in need of a website audit. We would love to provide a brief assessment. But better yet, why don't you check out our free webinar? It goes over all nine steps of our digital marketing solution, which we keep mentioning here. And it includes bonus content for each step that you can put into action right away. Just visit bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 21 handshake nine step. We'll link that in the show notes. It's a great webinar. And like I said, it has actionable items that you can go and implement right away without even you know, maybe having to, you know, buy into our nine step marketing solution if you're just thinking about it. So we'll link it all in the show notes and definitely look forward to connecting with you on social media at 21 Handshake because I know you'll be sending some new job titles Alex's (laughs) way so we can help him figure out that. (laughs) Did you like this episode? Hint, yes, of course you did. Then please like, subscribe, leave us a review and share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out about our show. Thanks. Until next time.